nice children, and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet, or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it, and we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a ghoul evening. <laughs> oh, Woody, I'm leaving out for the evening. Would you need me to pick someone... <laughs> I mean something up for you? Oh, uh, 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 nothing, nothing at all. Why do you ask? Woody, you seem a little jumpy tonight. Anything wrong? No, uh, nothing. Have a great time at the... uh, Where did you say you were going to go? Well, you sure are acting more weird than normal. And you've been spending more time up here in your room than normal as well. No more chicken hearts that ate Cincinnati on the television or something like that? Oh, uh, no. Just feel like, I mean... Hang on. Uh, thanks, Rothrick. Nah, I'm kind of wanting to be alone for a while. Yeah. You- Hang on! What was that, Woody? Oh, nothing. Just the computer here. Hmm. I'm messaging someone I see. Hey, 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 hey! I'll look over your shoulder when you're digging up someone or whatever. It's a private conversation. Ah, a young lady, perhaps. Is that right? If you must know... I must... Uh, yeah, it's someone I met online. She seems nice, but there's something, well, off about her. Oh? Yeah. She only eats meat and dresses like some goth chick, all in black. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> Cynthia, with an S. Ooh, she sounds romantic. Better watch out. She might be after your soul. <laughs> Funny, Rothery. But she did invite me over to her, well, house. Says it's a large Victorian house off of Montrose Street. You know where that is? Montrose? A Victorian house? Yeah. Hmm. Well, for now, I would keep this romance online only. Right. Meanwhile... Woody, (laughs) you look like you saw my niece. You know, the ghost. Rothrick, you weren't lying. I really dodged a proverbial bullet with Cynthia. Oh? Uh, yeah. Uh, she called me, 
How she got my number, I have no idea. And when I picked up, all I heard was weird piano music and screams. Jeepers. I think she's into some evil shit. What did you happen to say? The old Victorian house on Montrose Street? Uh, yeah. Why? Well, I went by there. You know, just to check it out for you. Seems they have turned that into a haunted house for amusement. Completely safe. I believe I even saw your young lady friend there. In fact, she's coming over later to say hello. Oh, no, you didn't. Well, you tell her I left out for the evening. I don't care if she's nice or not. I'm out of here. But that does remind me of tonight's story. Tonight, we read Don't Let Me Down by Jax Wolf. Seems a lonely young man has made friends with a stranger online and turns into quite the evil romance. Enjoy. Don't Let Me Down by Jax Wolf. New message. In the beginning, if she asked me to do it, I wouldn't. It started so simple, but no matter what I've done, can't be forgiven or forgotten. I'm sorry to the people I've harmed, and truly sorry to their families I've caused so much pain. I'm not sorry I let her down. A girl online with the username Kitten. I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll start at the very start of this horrible nightmare of love. Exactly a year ago today, I received a message from a girl named Kitten. The message read, Hey, I really like the way you look in your profile pictures. Let's chat. I was very happy over the message and messaged right back. I was a lonely guy who always did his best for friends but was always taken advantage of. Hey, I like your pictures too. Oh, where are you from? I quickly typed. I'm actually down the street from you and would love to meet up sometime, but for now, let's video chat, she messaged. I clicked on the camera button and the screen showed her face painted like a skull. I asked why her face was painted and when she said it was just for fun, I believed it. After all, she could be an artist like me. We talked about certain things in life, movies, books, art, and finally the question was asked that started a terrible nightmare. If you had to kill for me, would you? She said, looking down, smiling, and biting her finger. Yeah, I mean, if it was very serious do-or-die situation, I said with a nervous voice. Oh, trust me, it is a do-or-die situation, she said, looking down. A scream shot out in her house, and her eyes went wide as she said her grandfather would have fits that reminded him of the war as she signed off quickly. I sat back and thought of the scream I heard, but something wasn't right. The voice sounded strong, not weak. A few days went by, and I shrugged everything off and just thought she must be busy until I heard a ba-ding. I checked my computer, and the screen said there was a new message from Kitten. 
I opened the message, and it said I missed a video call from her, so I video called her right back. When I saw her, I noticed a mark on her shoulder that looked deep, but she said it was just a new special effects thing she was working on. We made plans to meet up on the weekend and to take a stranger to dinner at her house just as an experiment. The day after, I asked lots of random people if they wanted to go to dinner, but was turned down every time since it was kind of strange. I walked by a homeless man and asked if he wanted to go to dinner with me, and he smiled. He said he hasn't had a hot dinner in some time. We talked on the way over to her house, and he explained how he had two daughters and a son that he lost contact with. The homeless man told me his story of a young businessman who had had it all, but when a man came in and made a business deal with him, the man took everything he had. The homeless man sent his kids to live with their mother and gave them the rest of the cash he had. We arrived at a mansion that looked old but clean. I didn't believe it at first, but I rang the doorbell and Kitten was on the other side with a smile. We followed her through giant rooms into a dining room with a long wooden table. I asked why she still had the face paint on, and she looked down and said, Let's have dinner. We sat at the table waiting for dinner, but when I looked at the homeless man, his eyes were wide and lifeless as he fell forward with a cleaver in his back and Kitten was behind him. I tried to run to the front door, but she ran in front of me sliding on the waxed floors. She asked me where I was going and how it would be pointless because I would be a connection to the murder and go down with her. She walked close to me and grabbed my hand and explained in my ear the do-or-die situation was right now. If I didn't kill someone for her, she would kill me slowly. She told me I'd be screaming for days, but she didn't want to do that because she loved me, and then she kissed me. Looking into her eyes, I saw a heart, and from that moment, I wanted to protect it. Smile Days passed when I stayed in the mansion with Kitty. I didn't talk to anyone before and didn't have any friends since I was a lonely guy. Kitty became my friend and got close to me, but deep inside, I knew she was a killer just using me. I wouldn't mind if she just used me. Anything is better than being alone, even if it means going into dark places. Her voice was like silk, her eyes like ice over a lake, and most of all, her intention for ending human life was fierce. A dark night overcame the mansion as it started to lightly snow outside. I built a fire in the giant gold fireplace located in the cold living room. As the flames took to a roar, I heard a scream that came from under me. The scream sounded painful, to say the least. I went to Kitty to tell her about the scream, but she was nowhere to be found. I slowly made my way to the basement. The wood I stepped on was finely polished and clean as a whistle. I reached my head around a corner to see Kitty standing over a man wrapped in chains, screaming with nothing but candles for light. The floor was bloody, and from the look of the blood-stained floors, this wasn't the first time. I ran over to stop her beating the man in chains. She looked at me over her shoulder 
and in her eyes I saw the rage she had. I asked her why, and with a long silence she replied, This man is the same man you heard on the phone, but this is not my grandfather. I walked over and looked at the man wrapped in chains. His face had cuts all over it, and his body had stitches from head to toe. The man had white eyes and was fairly muscular. Kitty explained the man was one of her butlers from some time ago, and he had betrayed her. When I asked what crime he has done, she looked down and said softly, He tried to run away from me. No one leaves me. My heart sank as I realized what that meant. I can never leave this place or her side for the rest of my life. She picked my head up and kissed me as she said, Look at me and tell me, is this what you thought the reaper looked like? After that night, I sat by the fire and avoided talking to Kitty. She must understand I need space because she hasn't tried talking to me. The flames grow dimmer as my mind grows weaker, thinking of what she had said to me. Kitty came and grabbed my head and led me to her room that was filled with flowers and life. She explained how I'm tied to her now, and as my reward, I can live with her and stay in this beautiful place with her, or I could walk away. She told me something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. If you choose to go, I will never stop following you. I kissed Kitty that night, knowing I've fallen in love with death. Any sane man would run from this place, but if any sane men felt like me, they'd understand why I stay. Kitty gave me a list of people I needed to kill over the next week, but if I can, bring them back alive. So that's exactly what I did. I kidnapped most and knocked the rest out with a bat. I felt terrible doing it, but I loved her. I never asked what she did to the bodies when I gave them to her. I didn't want to know. Every night, I heard their screams and felt their pain as my heart ripped in two. She came to the room with blood covering her and proceeded to take a shower every night. She left the door open so I could see her, and she could see me when we'd make love. I had enough of taking people to her and what their families must feel when their husband or father is missing. I told her my thoughts, and she sat quietly and told me, If you want to go, you can, but I will follow you, and anywhere you go, I will bring death till I have you in my arms. The reaper has fallen in love with me. No doubt the most terrifying thing I've ever felt, but at the same time, nothing had ever made me feel this joy. I walked to the front door and grabbed the handle when I felt Kitty hold me tight, softly crying. Why me? Why have you fallen in love with me? I said sternly. She replied, You're a reaper too, and that's why your whole family died and you were left alone. Any mortal you get close to will die. I held her in with a giant hole that was created in my heart with her words. Don't let me down, she said sadly. 
Final Days passed. My thoughts grew more questions every day. As I kidnap people and bring them to her, I beg them not to scream. It tears my heart. I don't know how long I could keep going on like that, just hurting people for someone I love with no moral reason. I kept looking into her eyes, and all I see is fire for something terrible. I lay by her side and hold her as she sleeps, but I can't help but think, is she the killer or am I? I walked into the living room and saw what my mind wished was a dream, but was there in front of me. Dead bodies made a giant circle with candles lit on the outside, and she, she was dancing. I could hear music, but I couldn't tell where it was coming from. The noise of a piano and a violin playing to her body. The more she danced, the louder the music got as the bodies started slightly moving on their own. The bodies would shift when she did and float when she raised her hands. Every time she lowered her hands, the bodies would slam on the floor, cracking more bones every time. I couldn't take it anymore and ran to our room where our shotgun was kept. I ran back down and jumped into the circle, pointing the barrel right at her face and gripped the trigger. She looked at me and stopped dancing. At the same time, everything went silent. The candles softly lit her face as we stood looking at each other's eyes. A tear rolled down her face, and she just kept looking at me. Didn't move. Didn't blink. Just looked into my eyes. I put the shotgun down and held her tight as tears ran down my face in shame. I can never kill again, I told her with my voice shaking, then ran out of the house. I kept running and gave it all I had. When I came to a stop in the middle of a park underneath the full moon, I thought of all the horrid things I had seen. Then an image popped into my mind. Her face. I didn't know what to do and fell on my knees and looked at the moon and said sadly, Why have I been in this mess? Then a faint voice said, Because I loved you when the world abandoned you. I turned and saw Kitten barely walking up to me, then fell into me. I asked her why she was so weak, and she explained how she did the dance to regain her strength or she would die being around me, because I held her near. I brought her back to the house and let her do her dance. It was the only chance I could keep her alive. I went to bed and wanted to just love her without her being her or me being me. I woke up to her voice telling me I would never have to kill anyone again because she found eating live animals kept her alive. I felt a weight lift off my shoulders as I held her and laughed with her for the first time in weeks. I took her out to the park at midnight and set out a dinner for us. Kitten looked into my eyes and I saw a girl I loved again. I walked her along the outside of the pond and enjoyed her company until she got sleepy and fell asleep. I carried her back to the house and saw a man digging dirt in a grave. 
I looked at the headstone, saying, Jerry Glace, a man I remembered killing by his name tag. I looked further down and felt my heart hit the floor, and my mind stopped as I read the imprinted letters under his name. Loving Father and Husband I stopped for a few seconds, then kept walking with a sad heart as I thought of the family out there that had lost a family member. I kept thinking of the 57 men I've killed and how many dads or husbands did I take from people. The day after that, Kitten fell sick and had to lay down. I got back to doing things I like and felt good about what I was doing, but I knew I didn't deserve the joy. Later that night, I went to the bedroom to see Kitten wasn't there. I looked through the house, but she wasn't anywhere to be found. I barged out the door and started yelling her name as I ran and looked down the streets. I ran to the last place I wanted to and saw her laying in the parking lot with a pile of blood around her. She said she had lied about herself getting better and tricked me because she didn't want me to be sad. I took her back home and bandaged her up quickly, but in my frantic state, she grabbed my arm and said, It's too late, love. I will die. I held her and told her I love her as she did the same as I saw a light flash into my window. Get out with your hands up. The mansion is surrounded. I glanced to see the cops outside with dogs barking and a SWAT team with loaded guns all pointing towards the front door. Kitten kissed me, then whispered into my ear, Don't let me down, and faded out of life. I got up and carried her through the front door and fell to my knees. Let the hostage go, they screamed. I looked down at the girl I fell in love with and said, I, I won't let you down. I surrendered and they took her away and arrested me for several counts of murder and kidnapping. And that's why I'm here today in front of the jury and you, Judge, to tell you my story of a love horror story that got me in a very bad place. The jury finds you guilty of the killings and kidnappings as I sentence you to 50 life sentences in a fully guarded prison. The gavel drops, making a pound noise that echoes in the room. Part 4 I open my eyes and turn over to look at the girl I would do anything for. She smiles and kisses my head, saying, You let me down. I open my eyes once more to a sad realization I am still inside these cold prison walls. I can hear the guards yelling at me to get up and where to go, and from that moment on, they control every aspect of my life. I get a chance to look outside when I walk a specific hall to the lunchroom. The window is very small, and I only get a moment to look outside. Today it was snowing heavily. I think about the things I did for that girl and how disturbing it is that I don't regret any of it. It's been four years since I last saw her. Four years since my heart died. As I lay in my bed, hearing the guards mock me, the lights start to flicker and the guards quickly go silent. A man in a nice suit comes into the cell and sits across from me saying, 
I want to open up your case again because you were forced into a hostage situation. And because of that, you did the things you had to do to survive. His voice sounded deep, but to me it sounded like gold. I asked why he was doing all of this, and he simply handed me a picture. A picture of the only girl I truly loved. I stood up, and with a snap of his fingers the guards let me out, and I started to walk with a man in a nice suit. He smiled at me and told me to stay completely silent. I agreed, but didn't know how he was going to do this. I walked into a room I can only guess was a hearing room with four judges all present. The man set me down and simply told the judges to let me go and pardon all my wrongdoings. The judges simply nodded and let me walk out of the prison completely free, just like that. The man walked me to his car where I sat down and he started to drive away. I looked back at the prison and said, How and why did you do this for me? He stuck out his hand and shook mine, saying, Listen, my right-hand man, or girl in this case, said she missed you and wanted you out. Now, she gave her soul to me for you, so I carried out my part. I looked at his hand and saw he had two rings, one of silver and one of gold. The silver ring had a pentagram on it, and the other one had a mason sign on it. I asked him who he was, and he smiled and said, The first fallen angel, in a proud manner. I looked out the window and stayed quiet during the whole ride, hearing the man sing old fifties tunes for the full four hours. He gave me a card that read, Lucifer on it, with the sentence at the bottom saying, Bites the hand that feeds you. We walked into an old warehouse that had a feeling to it that struck fear into my heart. In the middle of the floor was a shiny staircase that circled down. Let us go into the depths of glory, my friend, Lucifer said with a smile and started to walk down the stairs. I followed carefully. The stairs seemed to go down forever, but when I reached the bottom, I saw complete darkness with only one light shining on a pentagram with my love in the middle of it. I looked at Lucifer and told him she was dead, and he simply smiled and grabbed my shoulder, saying, You have a very keen eye, my friend. We shall have to resurrect her and give her new life. A life of haste. Don't Let Me Down by Jack's Wolf Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you're an aspiring author and you want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps old Rothrick out enough, we'll air it. And subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Tales from the Dark Chamber and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. 
If you want your story read for your own use, or you just want to have it, check out my website at woodygvoiceover.net. You can order there, or you can find me on Upwork as Woody G. And again, thank you for listening tonight.